Welcome to the New Britain Herald and Bristol Press Stories of the Week. My name is Matt Hornick, and each week, my fellow reporter Catherine Chen and I will take you through some of the newspaper's most compelling stories. We will bring on guests to further highlight some of the best reporting being done in our newsrooms. And this week, we are joined by New Britain Boys and Girls Club Executive Director James Jones to discuss his first year in the role, what the Boys and Girls Club has been able to do for the New Britain community during the pandemic, and what is next as the area starts to open up. Hello, and welcome back to Stories of the Week. Here with Catherine, as always, I'm Matt, and we're talking to James Jones from the Boys and Girls Club this week. Yeah, we are. Sort of a change of pace for us, which I think is a good thing, right? Talking about um, what they're doing for the kids now that, that actually they haven't closed this entire time, so that's cool. And um, with summer being around the corner, kids can be outside, massive change. So it's kind of exciting. Yeah, I think one of the most exciting parts that he talked about is uh, what's in the works for this summer, because as things start to open up a little bit again, and we can take advantage of all this warm weather that is upcoming, Boys and Girls Clubs have a lot of great plans, and James shares that with us a little bit. So without further ado, here is our interview with James Jones from the New Britain Boys and Girls Club. And we are joined by uh, James Jones, who is the new executive director for the New Britain Boys and Girls Club. How are you today? Great. How are you? I'm good. Just wanted to thank you for joining us for this podcast. And Matt and I just wanted to check in with you on how the club has been doing. If you want to just give us an overview of how it's been going on since uh, since you came in last summer, and we'll go from there. Okay. So the club is open and um, we are following COVID safety measures and we every week we get one or two more kids who are coming in. Um, parents are looking for something to get their kids engaged in. Um, a lot of kids have been home for months just online and no social interactions and parents are realizing that you know they that part is missing and that their kids are getting a little withdrawn so they're all coming out and yesterday was just a great day to have outside officially open because it was beautiful out and they were outside all day yesterday. So it was just great to hear, you know, running around and screaming. And James, it's coming up on a, a year since you uh, started this job. Uh, what are some things you'd say uh, have been the most rewarding and some of the most interesting things you've gotten to see in the past, however long it's been now since you started? Well, the community engagement, I feel like the community has um, taken on the club and, you know, helped us out get, you know, helped us get things that we needed and things that were essential for us to operate. Um, we, you know, got donations to upgrade our game room, our computers, our Wi-Fi system, you know, to have kids for remote learning um, be comfortable here. We open our doors for them and the community helped us, you know, with the necessary components to be able to open the doors, like gave us desks and chairs and, you know, all kinds of great things to make it happen. I'm glad you mentioned the remote learning component, because I know the club, you've act as a sort of a hotspot for kids to come in um, who don't have that available at home. What has that process been like? It's been great because, you know, a lot of parents have to work in our, in our community. Um, we, we just readjusted our staff. Um, we just changed our staffing 
we cater to after school programming and some of our staff members were okay with switching their shifts so we can make that happen for families. A lot of our families um, work at, um, you know, b below poverty line and can't really afford, you know, to add on to daycare costs. And we, we were able to keep it down to $25 a day um, maximum uh, fee for families. And it, it just turned out great because parents were able to keep their jobs and you know, we were able to accommodate the kids. How has it uh, been just sort of taking on some, some school-like responsibilities for a lot of kids? Obviously you don't like have teachers with you or necessarily or all the supplies, but I mean, you have to serve sort of as a building of, of that houses school students during the school day. Like, what is that like? Well, I have 24 years experience because I'm a dean of students at a middle school in New Britain for years. And, um, I just ran it the same way, same style um, as a building and, you know, the same recommendations. We did our breaks, we did our mass breaks, we did our recess, you know, our, I think we were better, <laughs> sorry, than the school system because we, we were able to get them outside for mass breaks, get them outside for recess. Um, when they were closed, we were open, you know, so we were, we were, accommodating to all the families. With the partnership with Whitson's Foods, they um, provided three meals a day to our kids too. They provided breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And they also had um, family boxes on Wednesdays for families to pick up where they can feed the whole household later on in the evening. So it's been a great community effort. So you came in pretty much at the peak of the pandemic when, I mean, we still have some uncertainty, but certainly it's a lot different from a couple months ago. Uh, what would you say your experience has been like with that um, coming in? I know you're not new to the club itself, but new as a sort of leadership position. What has that been like? Well, it's, you know, it's, um, it's been great because at least my staff had some experience. And I think with what I had to offer and what they had to offer, we kind of been able to make it happen. We've um, paired up and gave ideas, you know, things that they didn't think of and I thought of or things that they thought of and I didn't think of. So I, I think everyone knows our model here is to do whatever we can to provide for our families. And we took charge as a group, as a team. And I felt like um, no, one ever, no one ever turned back to say, why are we doing this, you know? It's something that everyone here bought into and knew that we needed to be able to provide for the community. What was the biggest change you needed to make to accommodate the pandemic or accommodate anything that you wanted to do when you had first showed up? Well, it's really hard to have parents trust you with their kids during a pandemic. So we needed to make our club comfortable, safe, and show our parents that it was clean. So before they could even register their kid for our program, we wanted to give a tour of the club and show them what we had to offer. And um, I think that made a lot of parents feel comfortable. And, and, and we, we offer them um, online Zoom meetings or whatever we need to do to accommodate that. I just feel like we've opened our doors and had an open door policy until COVID hit, you know, now parents can come in, but, you know, they have to be escorted around. So temperature checked, hands sanitized. Um, we're not trying to keep them out of the building because we don't want them to think we have anything to hide, but we walk them around the building to make sure that everyone's safe. 
So I think you're one of the very few entities during the pandemic who was able to continue to operate sort of, you know, quote, quote, regularly or as normal as you can. Um, can you talk about some of the programs that, that you were able to kick off or extend um, during the pandemic for the kids? Sure. Um, so we have our Smart Girls program that's funded by American Savings Foundation. And that program is an empowerment program for our girls we were able to get the girls into this program, smaller groups. Um, we have three staff members, so we were able to spread them out a little more so that we can um, satisfy their needs and their social emotional awareness. We also have our teen center where we were able to rotate our teens through the game room, through the gym, um, and get them in different areas, a DJ program, so we can break them down and have five kids here and five kids there on a rotation. We also bought in electronics, you know, a lot of clubs steer away from that, but we felt like at this point, we wanted kids to be able to social interact with their peers. So if you're gonna sit home and play video games, sit here, we prefer you to sit here and we'll give you your 30 minutes or whatever on a rotation so that you can play those games with your friends. But at least we know that you are interacting with others, you know. Um, we also were able to secure some funds from MBT Bank to um, open our pool. Our pool hasn't been open in the winter for years. They were able to heat our pool for the winter so that we can give our pool as another option for um, our, our youth. We also had the Community Foundation fund our, our teen center. So we're able to open even on Saturday or Sunday night sometimes just so our teens, like, you know, we had a couple of issues with some homicides in town and the teens needed a break on a Sunday evening where we open up our club and get therapeutic Sundays, you know, just so the kids can get out and, uh, you know, be with, with themselves while, you know, two of their classmates were, um, you know, um, murdered. So, um, unfortunately, they weren't club members, but it was a community-wide um, issue that we had to help and be here for our kids. Um, it was a week one one friend died one week and the other one the week after um it was great it was great for the kids and that's what we're here for we need to be able to open our doors we also had um a couple of fires in the neighborhood and we opened our doors for those fires so that our um our neighbors next door had a place to go into the red cross you know gave them housing we were open for hours for that we also offered <laughs> our firefighters a room to stay warm because they had to take breaks from that fire. It was so cold, um, but that's what we're here for. We, we also received a grant from Farmington Bank to you know, get us some PPP supplies and make sure that we had enough supplies to get us through this pandemic because we didn't have it in our budget to buy extra Lysol, um, a scanning machine for temperature checks, you know, Community effort, but we are here for the community. We, the community gave to us so that we're able to give back to those who are in need. And it was just like great New Britain, a great movement for New Britain. And you'd mentioned that it's starting to get a little warmer and what that adds. How much uh, more are you going to be able to do this summer than you were last summer? Because last summer, like Catherine mentioned, like that was like the height of the pandemic. We were very bogged down. People were so this summer, there's just so much more opportunity. So what are some of the plans? So we have a couple of plans to do. Um, we do a drop-off. We have a drop-off center here. 
where parents can drop their kids off from eight to three in the summer, Monday through Friday, and we'll be doing activities on a scheduled basis. We also own a camp in, um, in Burlington, Connecticut called Camp Shade. So we'll be taking little trips up there and try to get that camp back into order, little cleanup trips, because that camp, as a child, what it did for me is it took us out of the environment of New Britain and gave us like a therapeutic week, you know, off from, you know, the loudness and just peace that our kids don't find. So that camp hasn't been in operation in a couple of years. And um, that's my goal to get it up and going because you don't realize as an adult that it's taking you away from trauma and allowing you a break. And I want our kids to be able to have that peace too. And also the service on your phone is really bad. So they'll definitely have to take a break if they come up to the camp. So looking forward to that. Well, the irony is how much technology has been more of a pro on some on some students during the pandemic, but I think most people will uh, will appreciate that, <laughs> the disconnect. Um, well, it's interesting that you mentioned you, you've had some you know, therapeutic Sundays and you mentioned um, the camping um, sort of a therapy for, for kids and adults. Um, can you talk about the club's role in the last year sort of serving that kind of a bomb for these kids? Um, you know, they've gone through a lot. We've talked a lot about social emotional learning. Um, how important is it for these kids and adults really to, to have that safe space available for them during this time? So we, we work very closely with our, um, our school district and um, we've been there for kids who have um, not been engaging. We've been going to their homes, doing home visits, re-engaging kids, offering them the club as you know, a tool just to start off. Um, we've had you know, parents who have had a hard time getting their kids engaged online at home and offering a different spot for, the, for those kids to come into our club too. Um, you know, we have kids who, you know, parents don't know the technology. We've offered that for parents. We've offered, um, I don't wanna say babysitting service, but we've offered services for anyone who has had to go to work. We really haven't turned anyone down who needed us. So with that partnership, and then we also have parents who work on Saturdays. So we started opening our club on Saturdays again this year. Um, we had some funding, some funding from the CBDG grant and we haven't been open on Saturdays for a while. So, you know, even if parents need a break on a Saturday, we're open from 11 to four for kids. We started a bitty basketball program. Um, we actually hosted the, um, the fall league for 18 high schools before the basketball season, basketball as we'll call it. Um, and we did it safely for weeks without any incidents. And, um, you know, we were just, you know, seeing what we can do to make sure we take care of not only the social emotional needs for our town, but our surrounding towns also, because we care about our neighbors here. And then just to wrap things up, you mentioned some wonderful donations you've gotten that allowed you to do things like heat your pool for the winter and just help out in a variety of ways with your uh, PPE and stuff like that. What, uh, what is the, uh, pursuit of funding like for you guys right now as you always uh which i assume is a constant battle for you so we we have about a million dollar budget and it's what you just think about the fact that for a year we haven't been able to do any fundraising uh, we, we actually were able to do a golf tournament because it was outdoors um but none of our indoor 
um, sponsorships or any of our programs. Um, this is our 130th year in service. You know, our Boys and Girls Club has been operating for 130 years. We've been at this location since 1973. And, you know, it's hard because we have to chase that million dollars. Um, you know, I wish if you break it down, that million dollars, if you had a thousand people that donated a thousand dollars or $83 a month, we would be covered, right? But it's always a chase. So we're always looking. And sometimes we have people who fill that void, but that's what we're chasing. We're chasing a thousand donors, a thousand dollars every year to run and operate our club and be able to provide services and not turn kids away. Because I don't want to be able, I don't want to ever have to tell a kid, we can't afford to allow you to come. So that's my goal. A thousand dollars a month, a year from a thousand people. <laughs> well, James, thank you so much uh, for taking the time to join us today. I appreciate uh, we, it. Yeah, we really appreciate it. And that's uh, it's really noble work you do in the, uh, things you shared today are really important. I appreciate it. Thank you for your time. And uh, for anyone looking for more coverage on the New Britain Boys and Girls Club and uh, the city of New Britain in general, never forget to go to newburtonherald.com and bristolpress.com. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to rate, subscribe, and review. For Catherine, I'm Matt, and we'll talk to you next week.